Welcome back to Pocket Money, everyone. Finders podcast for doomsday preppers when it comes to their money. Isn't that right, Kate? Oh, God, it's kind of depressing, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) We are kidding. Um, But in today's episode, we are going to hit up some experts at Finder for their tips on recession proofing. We've got so many people at Finder that are super nerdy about what they write about. So (laughs) granulation, savings, home loans, Oh, in fact, young Sally here is our super nerd on credit cards. <laughs> That's my official title. Super nerd uh, in the best possible way. Sally's our credit card expert at Finder, so she's going to talk about that too. Look, a recession or any kind of market downturn is super stressful. Uh, it's extra stressful right now um, as people are in lockdown and all kinds of stuff's going on and everything's changing day to day. But look, what's really important is this is the most important time to be on top of your money and get prepared. We could be looking at this for quite a long time. So it's been really critical, we've realised. No matter what situation you're in, this is the time to really look at your money and figure out what's going on. Sally, you talked to a bunch of people at Finder. What did you find out? I sure did. So as you said, obviously, we've been seeing headlines everywhere that, you know, a recession is likely coming. I reached out to a bunch of our experts at Finder, like you said, on basically everything from savings and budgeting to superannuation, investing, home loans, um, starting up like side hustles as well to make some extra cash during this time, just to figure out all of the things that we can do to, I guess, just prepare ourselves as best as we can in the case that there is an economic depression coming our way. We're not trying to be like overly optimistic um, here, but we are trying to find some silver linings. And some of the research we've done at Finder does show that for plenty of sort of average households, I know that's not everybody, but plenty of average households, there is a bit of fat in their budget that they could look at cutting and make thousands of dollars worth of savings. And if there was any time to do it, it's now. So that's what we're going to go into in a couple of different areas. So you can kind of maximize what you got for the future. Exactly. And I think the biggest issue with this is that it can just seem really overwhelming. Like, where do you even begin to start? And I think that was really great about the conversations that I had with some of our experts at Finder is that they just broke it down super easy. These are the steps that you can take. And yeah, I'm hoping that everybody will get a lot out of this episode because I know that I did. Let's jump into it. Okay, Sally, let's talk about debt and also what often comes with debt, which is credit cards. So mm-hmm. um, talk me through debt in general here. What are, we, what are we looking at for people if they do have debt at the moment? So if you already have either a credit card or maybe like a personal loan debt, I think now is the time to consider consolidating uh, if you have multiple debts. So if you have, you know, more than one credit card, you can consider combining those with a balance transfer and then you pay off that debt with no interest for an introductory period, which depending on the card can be up to 26 months in some cases. There are also debt consolidation options for loans. So look into that. If you have multiple loans, you can usually get a more competitive rate and then just pay down that debt um, much cheaper and then usually much faster as well. So I think that's probably my biggest tip right now is get it all under one account, makes it so much easier to track your debt repayments and also just makes it cheaper too. Cool. So if it's debt like with a loan, try and consolidate it in one loan and be able to pay it down so you're only paying one lot of interest. Yeah, there are some credit cards that let you combine debt from 
like multiple credit cards and multiple loans into one credit card as well. So I'll chuck a resource to that in the show notes for today's episode. But there are a few cards like that. So if you do have a payday loan debt and a credit card debt and you just want them under one credit card, there are some cards that let you do that. That's really interesting to me because, you know, when you hear credit cards and look, before I started at Finer, I'd hear credit cards. I'm just thinking about spending. I'm not Mm -hmm. thinking about saving. Can you explain to the listeners what a 0% balance transfer card is? Because I think they're super interesting. So these cards are designed to help people who already have debt. So you apply for a new card and then you can transfer the debt from one or multiple other cards into a new one and you can pay it off with 0% interest for an introductory period. Um, Sometimes these are six months, sometimes they're 12, sometimes they're 26, but it basically just gives you that breathing room to pay off the debt that you already have and pay no interest on top of that. So you can save thousands of dollars uh, in interest costs depending on, you know, the size of your debt. And it also just helps you pay it off quicker as well because then you're not paying anything extra, which I think is really important. But also it's good for people to know that at the end of the introductory period, you will attract a revert interest rate. And this is usually either the standard cash advance rate or purchase rate. So if you're going to get a balance transfer, you need to still be disciplined. You need to make repayments every month and pay it off before that interest-free period ends to get real value from it. So you need to be really focused. So if you take out the 0% balance transfer credit card, you need to, you know, move as much as your debt to their stocks in one place. So you're, yeah. you're paying one fee, right? And no interest. Exactly. And then you really need to buckle down and pay mm-hmm. it down, not go crazy spending. And also yeah. make sure that period that you have is locked in so you don't get that. The, the revert rate, right? It's often quite high, isn't it? That interest rate after the period. So the oh, yeah. It's a really useful tool as you said it really forces you to focus and it Mm -hmm. gives you a deadline yeah i think that's really important and with either a balance transfer card or if you just have another card that you've been using to make purchases on my other tip in this time would be make your repayments you need to pay the minimum requirement each statement period that's usually only like i don't know two percent or three percent of your total balance which isn't a lot. So while you have to pay that every statement, it's better to either pay off your balance in full or just like chuck as much money as you can onto that debt every statement period. That will reduce your interest payments. It will you know, help you avoid going into that unmanageable debt. And I think that's really important. Whether or not you have a balance transfer card or you just have a card that you're using to make purchases, make your repayments and pay off as much as you can. Please, dear God. Yeah, I think that's really key as well because I know I think there was some research and they've changed some of the requirements for the banks to show that on the credit card statements because a Mm -hmm. lot of people misunderstood that that small amount, as you said, whilst is compulsory, meant that they were not getting hit with interest on the rest of it. So to be crystal clear, you need to pay off as much as you can or all of it within that period. Otherwise, you are going to get interest. And my one final tip is that if you have an existing debt and you're struggling to make repayments, 
get in contact with your credit card issuer because a lot of people are in the same boat right now and they do have financial hardship options available. So whether that's a different repayment plan for you, uh, a lower interest rate, just get in contact with them and ask. And I would advise that you do this before you miss a payment. It's easier to make that call and figure out what the next step is for you, then miss a payment, get charged with a late payment fee and that potentially hurting your credit score. Um, So just try and be on the front foot of that and get in contact with your bank. Like they have those options there to help their customers. Awesome, Sally. Thanks for that. Really interested to find out what you learned from some of the rest of our crew about home loans, side hustles, superannuation. Really keen to hear what you found out. So first up, let's talk about cash. I have Taylor Blackburn here, who is a money specialist at Finder. Welcome to Pocket Money, Taylor. Great to be here, Sally. So of course, when we're talking about recession proofing, uh, one of the first things that comes to mind is savings and budgeting. So what would be your tip for people who want to set up an emergency savings account? Rainy day savings is something that's it's always great to have. The first thing to do is to just kind of slowly put money away. What I do is uh, I have a certain amount of my paycheck that goes to a separate savings account that I don't really see, that I don't use, that's gaining interest. There might be uh, you know, people that are in the situation where they've just lost a job or they've had reduced hours or, or things like that. It's obviously uh, harder to save when you're not making as much and you still have uh, a lot of the similar bills. But uh, even, you know, putting away a little bit a week, my dad used to say, you, you don't go broke picking up a dime. The effort that it takes to bend over to pick it up is, uh, is worth picking it up. So I think a lot of people would be in a really good place of knowing how much they're spending and what they're spending on because uh, a lot of people maybe aren't moving around as much as they used to. Yeah, exactly. Right now we have the time to maybe sit down and look at our our finances and take the time to do that. And there are so many apps as well that people can use to track their spending and like makes it really easy to break down their expenses. So I know that's what I've been doing in this time. So for anybody who is thinking about building up their emergency savings in an ideal world, how much would that be, Taylor? Yeah, well, I mean, it's, it's different for everybody, but, but three to six months of your living expenses is a good place to start. You can feel comfortable that, you know, with, with any kind of shift that uh, you could probably kind of get back moving in the right direction in that amount of time. If you're just starting now, it's not too late. It'll take a little bit of time, but if you have that as your goal, as you're saving, you've got something to shoot for. So we've covered how much you should save, but where should people be putting their emergency savings? There's two ways you can go about it. Um, so even though the cash rate is at an all-time low, it's at 0.25%, and and uh, it's not going to change much in the in the future, uh, according to the experts. We've actually seen term deposits uh, increase, and we've seen uh, high interest savings accounts rates increase. So that's a nice uh, kind of unexpected uh, benefit from the bank. So two ways to do it with a high interest savings account. Um, you have access to that money. So while it grows, if, for instance, you need to uh, access it, you can get to it. And the rate's variable, so it could, uh, it could go down or up, you know, depending on how the, the bank changes that rate. Um, with a term deposit, you're locking in an interest rate, which uh, they're closer to 2% now. So whether it's three months, six months, or a year, you'd get guaranteed um, interest on that money. 
Uh, like I said, depending on where you're at, the, the high interest savings account gives you a bit more flexibility with the term deposit gives you that uh, guaranteed rate. Perfect. Well, thank you so much, Taylor. All of that was super helpful and we'll make sure to pop a bunch of links to some of those resources and more information about budgeting and savings accounts and de deposits in the show notes. Unlike cash or property, your superannuation might not be top of mind when you're thinking about recession proofing, but it should be. So I've got Alison Banny with us, our superannuation expert, to give me the lowdown on what we should be doing with our super. So thanks for joining me, Alison. No worries. The government recently announced that Australians can access their super annuation early um, with everything that's happening with COVID-19. But can you give me a bit of a wrap up of what's happening there? And is it a good idea for us to touch our super at this time? So how it works is if you're eligible, um, so you can go online to MyGov and apply. And if you are eligible, you can access $10,000 of your super this financial year. So right now, and then another 10000 from next financial year, which is only a few months away in July. So you can potentially access $20,000 of your super early. Normally you can't access your super at all until you retire, which could be for a lot of us 50, 60 years away. So there's a few things to think about here. If you're in real financial troubles, then maybe accessing some of your super early would be beneficial to help you, you know, pay those ongoing, ongoing bills that you need to pay. But I think that it really should be a last resort for anyone considering this because your super, it's there to fund your retirement. And, you know, if you take some money out now, you're basically robbing your future self of that money. And not only is it $10,000, but because of the way super compounds over time, particularly if you're young, it could be in excess of $100,000 by the time you retire. So it really is, you know, a lot of money that you're, you're thinking about withdrawing here. The government has also announced a few other measures as part of coronavirus. So, you know, there's things like support um, to get your mortgage repayments deferred or your energy bills paused, that kind of thing. So I'd really look into those other measures before you dip into your super. So with a potential uh, economic downturn um, or recession coming our way, what should we do with our superannuation right now then? Yeah, so I think the most important thing for anyone to be doing with their super at the moment, and this is actually important all the time, not just, you know, with a recession on our heels, but is to compare and consolidate. So a lot of people might have more than one super fund open in their name without even realizing it. Um, you know, if you've worked different casual jobs, for example, you could have had different funds opened um, at each of those jobs that you've since forgotten about, but they'll still be there in the background charging you fees, even though you might not be contributing to them. So it's really important to check that you only have the one fund because not only is it just unnecessary having multiple funds, but it's actually really expensive because those fees will just continue to eat away at your the balance that you do have. And by the time you retire, it could be hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of unnecessary fees. But it's really easy to do. So you just go online to um, MyGov, log in and click on the superannuation tab, and then you'll see what super you have. You'll see it listed there. If you've got several funds, um, it's a really good idea to pick the one that you want and merge them together. 
if you don't like any of them, it's probably a good opportunity to compare anyway. Um, or even if you only have the one fund, you can still compare because if you can find a fund with lower fees and stronger um, long-term performance, then again, you'll be saving yourself potentially hundreds of thousands of dollars over your life um, just by switching now. Nice. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Alison. That was very helpful. We also did an episode on superannuation not that long ago. So um, maybe go back and have a listen to that as well if you want some more tips on how to pick the right super fund. It's a wild time in the stock market right now. So I've got Kylie Purcell, our investments editor, here with me. Hey, Kylie. Welcome back to Pocket Money. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me back. With the stock market crash happening, is now the right time to invest? Yeah, so I'd go to the point that it's really important right now not to get carried away with your emotions. Don't get swept up in the hype. Because when there's a really volatile market like this, it can be easy to you know, sell when the market is dropping and um, buy when the market is already high, which means you're locking in your losses. You know, the same kind of thing that we're seeing in supermarkets right now with panic buying of toilet paper is the same kind of thing you're seeing in the stock market. People are panicking and they don't know what's coming. They don't know what's next. It's really important to have a strategy and stick to it and think about where you'll be in maybe two years time and look back and think about what you wish you had done during this time. What if you're already investing? Is now the time to sell your shares? Yeah, that's a really good question. And it's one that a lot of investors are asking now. And a lot of investors are probably doing that right now. And unfortunately, the thing is with the stock market crash, unless you get in there really early, you've probably missed out on your opportunity to sell. And we're quite far into the market crash now. Um, the market has fallen, you know, 30 plus percent. That's a really big drop. Even if the market continues falling, you're probably better to ride out the volatility and um, ride out the recovery. We're going to be covering this topic in a lot more detail in our episode on the stock market crash where Kylie will be back. So look out for that one soon. And as well, we actually just did an episode on investing 101. So if you are thinking about dipping your toes in, um, maybe listen to that episode first to get started. Thanks again for joining us, Kylie. As always, it's a pleasure. Thank you. Next up, we're talking about home loans and property. So naturally, I have our home loans expert, Richard Witten, with us. Hey, Rich, welcome to Pocket Money. Thank you. Happy to be here. So I wanted to start off with your tips for people who already have a property and are paying off a mortgage right now. If you currently have a mortgage, uh, the first thing you should always do is look around and see what, uh, what kind of home loan rates are currently on the market and see if you can actually refinance or switch your home loan to one with a lower interest rate. Because this is how you'll save money by getting lower repayments. Try and see what's a competitive interest rate. Maybe you've got something that's 3.50%, but now there are rates that have fallen down to 2.50 something percent. Switching there could actually save you a lot of money. So what would be your advice, Richard, for people who are paying off their mortgage right now? Is there a particular strategy that they should be following going into a recession? Well, yeah, obviously always paying off debt as early as you can is always going to save you money. The thing is, though, a home loan debt is not the worst debt. It's a long-term, low-interest debt. It's manageable and it's backed by the property you own. It's, there's value there, right? So if you have other debts, 
I would say, actually, hold on, let's look at your credit card debt, personal loan debt, other debts like that, which are higher interest, even though they're smaller debts, you want to prioritize probably paying those ones off first. And then, you know, obviously you have to keep paying off your mortgage, but in terms of making extra repayments, that kind of stuff, you want to really focus on those higher interest debts. The mortgage is not one of those. Right. And how can people use an offset account right now? Yeah, an offset account, especially if you're coming into a recession or you're looking, you're worried about your financial future, the offset account really is great because it's essentially a savings account that is attached to your mortgage. Not every mortgage has one, um, but a lot of them do now. Uh, and essentially, you can save money in your offset account, and then you can spend it as you need it in an emergency or just as you know, general saving and spending as you would with a, a bank account. But any money you save in the offset account while it's in there will temporarily reduce your overall loan amount uh, that you're repaying. So you're being charged less interest while you're still saving money. So if you are sort of worried about a recession, trying to recession-proof yourself a bit, uh, if you can build up some money in that account, you've got it for emergencies and you're saving yourself money while it's just sitting there doing nothing. And for anybody who is maybe struggling to repay their mortgage right now with everything that's happening with COVID-19, can you tell me a little bit about some of the mortgage relief options that are out there? Yeah, so pretty much as soon as the economic reality of, of the coronavirus started hitting, most banks and lenders were pretty quick to announce uh, some kind of hardship policy or, or support for borrowers. And that essentially can come in, in a few ways. One thing is you can talk to your bank, your lender, and ask for either a temporary reduction in your repayments or an actual pause or a deferral of your uh, repayments, which is sometimes called a home loan holiday, usually three months up to six months, depending on the lender. The only thing is you can pause the repayments, but you will still probably be charged interest on those repayments. And you'll have to obviously make those repayments later. So once you go back to making repayments, your future repayments will be slightly higher to make up for that difference. But over the whole life of a home loan, those differences might not be that much week to week or month to month. And what about if you're renting? Do you have any tips for renters in this time? I think rent is obviously probably the hardest sort of people to help, right? Because really you're in, in, a, t in a tougher kind of situation. If you lose your job or you lose income, that can be really tough at the moment. What you can do, I think you should always do is know your rights as a renter. So know what your landlord can and can't do because um, often your landlord won't try and you know, play by the rules. So you can always talk to your local tenancy organization. Um, every state and territory has a tenants union, which is a voluntary organization. They can give you sort of free advice and help. Uh, but also currently the government has said that they're going to have a moratorium or a kind of suspension of evictions during the COVID-19 crisis. So if you've lost your job, you can't pay rent because of coronavirus. You still have to pay your rent at some point, but the landlord can't just kick you out. And we've seen headlines about, you know, panic buying toilet paper and tinned food and hand sanitizer. But I was also seeing that there's been some panic buying around property. Is now the time that that I should be, you know, giving up my avocado toast and buying a house instead, Richard? Yeah, it's interesting. It looks like prices could be falling, obviously, if, if this economic downturn continues. But if you're looking to buy, then you just got to buy what works for you when the time is right for you at a price you can afford, especially if you're buying a house to live in. Yeah, I would say don't try and time the market. If you need to buy and you want to buy a place, just do your research and make a decision that works for you. Don't try and profit off this by prices going up and down, you'll never be able to really pick it. I think. 
Yeah, recession or not, do the research. That was very, very helpful. Thanks, Rich. No worries, Sally. We've covered a lot of ground on savings, debt and expenses, but I want to talk a little bit about opportunities to diversify or boost your income in this time. So I've got Maurice Thatch with me, our side hustles expert. Welcome to Pocket Money, Maurice. Uh, Thanks for having me. We've spoken a lot about savings and repaying debt, but Maurice, is there anything else that people can do to recession-proof themselves right now? Yeah, I'd say um, consider where else you can make income to sort of help yourself through a potential recession. And I'd start with like looking at where the demand for work is right now. So it's online. So that's, you know, using some skills that you have, like writing, um, helping people do that on, on a freelance sort of scale. If you don't kind of have those skills, there's other options available, right? One example is like doing surveys online or doing user testing. So reviewing people's websites or um, their app, for instance. The one thing with that is you're probably not going to replace your entire income, but it's, it's kind of better than nothing. Another one is deliveries. So becoming like an Uber Eats driver, perhaps. I'd say the only thing with that, it, it takes a bit longer to get started than, than say like um, going online and, and doing freelance writing, right? So you need to get your criminal background checked. You need to get your car rego checked, insurance, anything else like that they might ask. And the last one is grocery stores. So uh, packing shelves like Coles or Woolworths. I'd say that's more of a, if you're really desperate for money, right? Because doing that means you're going to be in contact with people in a confined space, right? So only if it's absolutely necessary, I'd say. Yeah, that's such a good point. And I think it's also a good thing to point out that at the time of recording, a lot of these options are available, but it's good to just like keep your eye out on the news and what's changing and what opportunities are available as everything with COVID-19 progresses. So I think that's a good point. And what about for people who are thinking of starting a side hustle? Do you have any tips for like investing in yourself during this time? Like what should people be doing to prepare? Yeah, I'd say like upskill where you can. There's a lot of digital jobs out there. So for instance, writing, proofreading, design, video editing, and there are definitely things that you can learn. And there's a lot of online courses that you can sort of use to supplement that. You have a lot of downtime, right? Use that time to to do the reading, um, upskill where possible. Well, thanks so much, Maurice, our side hustles expert. Uh, All of that information was really great. Uh, Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure talking to you, Sally. Well, there you have it, Kate. Now we know everything we need to do to recession-proof our finances. Do you feel ready? Uh, I think I feel a bit more ready than I did a week ago or three (laughs) weeks ago. Things are changing really fast and I guess that's just the times we're living in right now. But look, like I keep banging on about, but it's so true, this is is the time to have a good look at all the things you're doing when it comes to money, understanding it. We've got loads of resources around the stimulus that's happening, uh, what's happening for casual workers, what to do if you've lost your job, how to manage your money in the light of all the current events, you know, where you can find some ways to optimize so jump into the show notes they're all at finder.com.au backslash podcast you can join us on instagram at pocket money podcast you can message us honestly we are super happy to help chase down some information for you have a chat as we mentioned before we've got a virtual army of people that know about this stuff so don't Mm -hmm. be shy jump on and let us know 
And feel free to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Send some love our way. We all need it right now. Pocket Money is hosted by Sally and Kate. It's produced by Franco Ali. And editing is from Brianna and Saldo of Bambi Media. Thanks again to all of our pals at Finder, across Zoom, from their homes, helping us out with today's episode. And we hope that you all found it super helpful. Check our back catalogue because we've got episodes on Home Loan 101, superannuation, all that good stuff. So if anything here has sparked an interest, go back through our back catalogue. It's all still up to date. Jump in and have a listen. Yeah, there'll be an episode of Pocket Money ready and waiting just for you. Thanks for listening to Pocket Money from Finder. Head over to finder.com.au slash podcast for the show notes for this episode. The Finder podcast is intended to provide you with tips, tools, and strategies that will help you make better decisions. Although we're licensed and authorized, we don't provide financial advice. So please consider your own situation or get advice before making any decisions based on anything in our show. Thanks for listening.